0: what's up cool cats and cuties this is the promenade merchants podcast a star trek podcast out on the frontier so sit down and grab a rock to gino as david majors and heather kirby talk all things star trek old new and what's to come the promenade merchants are open for business what's up everybody welcome to the promenade merchants podcast Your favorite podcast, favorite Star Trek podcast. The completely independent and unneeding of help, totally independent Star Trek podcast. (laughs) We are a strong, independent Star Trek podcast that don't need no whatever. I'm David Majors alongside my incredible co host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather?
1: After that introduction, I just want to be like, uh, what is it, the Destiny Child song? All the women who are independent, throw your hands up at them. That's
0: right. Strong, independent podcast. Don't need no network. (laughs) Uh, So, this is a Star Trek podcast, last time I checked. So, right now, we're still... In 2021, where Star Trek is still in production and being produced, reminder, everybody, currently, Star Trek strays new worlds, Discovery, Lower Decks, and... Uh, what's the other one? I know I missed one. I know I missed one.
1: Uh, the Picard. Prodigy. Picard. Uh,
0: and Prodigy. Prodigy. So, yes, there are various venues of Star Trek that are currently in production right now, which we'll talk a little bit about later in the new business. But we're going to start off with the first format of our show, the old business, where we kind of just cover all things kind of classic Star Trek and what makes Star Trek what it is. So... Heather, this is one that you came up with for for old business. So I, I really like this one. So what was on your mind with this one? Tell me about it.
1: Well, you know, I was honestly thinking, because we're wrapping up the end of June, it's the end of Pride Month. And and last year, around this time, we did a special episode focusing on Pride and all sorts of LGBTQ representation in Star Trek. But I wanted to go a different direction with the concept of pride and just talk about pride in general. Because, I mean, people call pride one of the seven deadly sins or whatever. But I look at pride as just, you know, stuff that you love, stuff that you're, you're very proud to be supportive of and uh, represent as a fan. So I came up with the question, what makes you proud to be a Star Trek fan?
0: I really like this one, uh, because one, I think everyone will have a different answer on this. and please, 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 please. I say this every episode, and this time I really, really mean it. Tweet us at Probtrekpod, send us an email at promenaderekpod at gmail.com. Let us know we'd re- I'd really love your insight on this one, everyone. What makes you proud? to be a Star Trek fan. What is it about uh, Star Trek, the franchise, the fandom, people you've encountered, and, and the influence of Star Trek uh, has affected you in a way that makes you proud to uh, openly carry being a Star Trek fan? Heather, is your topic. I'd love to ask you first. Like, What about this makes you proud to be a Star Trek fan?
1: I think... Probably the biggest thing or the best answer I I can come up with for that is uh, the individuality of Star Trek. Like, there's honestly, across so many shows and the 55 years that the Star Trek universe has been in existence, there is something for every single person on this planet that they can connect with in this show and I don't think that there's really anything else any sort of media any sort of television show any sort of movie franchise that can honestly truly say that like you don't have to be a science fiction fan to be a Star Trek fan you don't have to be an action fan To be a Star Trek fan, you don't have to be a comedy fan to be a Star Trek fan. There, there is so many different things that can connect to just normal everyday people that they can watch the show and be like, "I relate to that." It, it makes me so proud to sit there. And tell people I'm a Star Trek fan because of that, that I can proudly talk about the show because I know Matt, I know whoever I'm talking to can find some sort of connection in that show and something they can find to enjoy about it. And I think that's the epitome of, of pride, you know, it, it, it's something you're willing to share with other people because you know they will enjoy it just as much as you do.
0: That's really good. That is really, really good. I think the thing about Star Trek that makes me proud to say that I am a Star Trek fan is because I have seen how this franchise influences its fans, and I see how other franchises uh, influence their fans and their communities And it is markedly different. And I have said this on various podcasts and all over social media. The Star Trek fandom and Star Trek community and the Star Trek franchise is far and away the most open and welcoming and friendly and amicable fandom and least toxic fandom than I have ever encountered. Now, I know a lot of Star Trek fans out there would probably hear that, and they would they would freak out. They would have no idea. (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, as someone who establishes himself as multi-fandom, as long as Star Trek has been a part of my life, I have other things that interest me, too. And I'm telling you that the Star Trek fandom and the Star Trek community and Star Trek fans are far and away the, the most welcoming, the least toxic. That is something about being a Star Trek fan that makes me most proud, because I feel like when you can say that you're a Star Trek fan, there is an expectation that you are going to have certain values, for the most part. Uh, and for as much as I joke about Gene Roddenberry's vision, which I do incessantly, uh, <laughs> it, it is the nucleus for something much, much greater. It was the nucleus for a much greater ideal and purpose that I think most Star Trek fans figured out and caught on to, And I think that is what makes the Star Trek fandom what it is it's just this understanding of what the franchise is and represents and what it is always supposed to be about and I think that when you can say you're a Star Trek fan and you appreciate the franchise as a whole you should probably have an understanding of what it is and I think that's something to be proud of
1: absolutely absolutely
0: so, please, everyone, let us know at Prom Trek Pod what makes you proud to be a Star Trek fan. And send us an email. Seriously, I've had this Gmail account since we started the podcast. Pod at Gmail.com. I know I've mentioned it once or twice. So send us an email, too, if you want to write something out a little bit longer. I'll read it. Hey, you know what? I might even read it right here on the podcast, you guys. I might even just do that, and we'll talk about it here. Send us an email, send us a tweet, because y'all know how much I, I tweet. Y'all know, but I would love to get an email from you. That'd be great. It'd be great. Let us know, uh, and we'll go into new business, Heather. And we got some. We got some news. We got some news. Uh, we got Star- news. Yes. Uh, it's, look, look, guys. Well, Heather and I, we're going to level with you. Uh, we're making the point that Star Trek is in production right now. Because as far as Star Trek news that goes, it's been, well, it's been a little sparse. It's been a little sparse since the t- 23 weeks of Trek ended. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we had First Contact Day, and That was fun. That was fun. But as far as news goes, it's been, yeah, shows are in production. We're getting a little bit more about cast members and everything else. And it's, it's kind of dripping out little by little. But we got some news. We got some news. Starting with Star Trek Picard. We got a trailer for season two, Heather. Uh, this trailer really, really put it well for me when Jean-Luc Picard said, what the hell is going on here? Uh, Those (laughs) were his exact words. And yeah, what do you think?
1: Well, you know, like we've had all sorts of rumors and teasers and random speculation as to what's going to happen in season two of Picard. And we'll just say, I did not expect them to go full blam, mess up the timeline messy <laughs> for season two. But the thing I, 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 I just have a tendency to do when it comes to Star Trek Picard is that I just once again get swept up in the nostalgia of it all and just go, ah! so i'm not quite sure exactly how objective i can be when it comes to the trailer because i mean we got to not just hear but see john delancey's cue uh we got to see all of the casts that we got to know and love in season one in their different alternate timelines wherever that may be um we got the, the thing I'm most intrigued about is what's going on with Seven. She has no Borg implants in the trailer <laughs> and a wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, people. Before we even start, she is not he- Heather.
0: Heather. Heather.
1: I will can, riot. No. 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 Can,
0: can I be bad for a second, Heather? Can I be bad for a second?
1: Uh, I might have to yell at you afterwards, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> you have full permission to yell at me, but but I've okay. got to be bad for a moment. If I were in the writer's room for Star Trek Picard, Uh I absolutely would somehow throw some kind of cameo appearance for Robert Beltran in there somewhere, Uh. but they would not be married. Okay. I, I would do that, honestly, just to fuck with people.
1: Just just to
0: throw that out there as a red herring, just to see people lose their minds over Seven and, seven of Nine and Chicote and then just pull it back and say, no, they're not really married. They're not. It's okay. It's fine. Just because just I find that highly amusing, and there's that little part of me that's kind of a troll. Like, no, I would not put them together, but I would definitely tease it.
1: Oh, Yeah. You're bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I am. I have no problem with Robert Beltran showing up as a cameo. I would love to see more. I mean, we already are pretty – we know we're getting John DeLancey. We're already pretty certain we're getting Guinan at some point throughout season two, even though she was not shown in the trailer. Um, I would love to see, especially since they're doing it in this interesting way where the timeline is messed up that they could involve some other characters that we know uh, in these stories. I would love to see cameos that way. Um, I I think we mentioned it in one of our previous episodes where when it comes to the next generation cast, I would love them to have more of a significant impact than just a cameo. So I'm not certain if that's going to happen, but we can involve characters that we've seen from DS9 or Voyager in this story, in a cameo form, I would be okay with that. I just seven is not allowed to be married to Chicote. Seven is not allowed to be married to Chicote. No, it's a no. Di-
0: it's a different timeline.
1: I don't care. I don't care. In no timeline is she allowed to be married to Chicote. Uh, oh no. god! If I were in
0: that writer's room, I swear I would just say, you know, because honestly, I. I'm just a little bit of a troll sometimes. And and I would I would at least throw it out there just for the reaction. I honestly would. I'm I'm kind of bad. I know everybody. I know I'm bad, but I honestly would not do it. I wouldn't do it. Um but Also, just... I know I've said before that I don't like time travel in Star Trek. I don't like time travel. I don't like temporal anomaly stuff. I feel like what's happening with Q here is really, really interesting. Because it has so much potential. Because if you remember, Heather, Q was the one that introduced the Federation to the Borg and introduced the Borg to the Alpha Quadrant.
1: Yep.
0: And that completely changed everything about what we know about the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. The possibilities of what Q could do or could have done are endless. They're limitless. And I love the idea that maybe everything has been transformed. Like, the entire modern Star Trek timeline was just kind of flipped and maybe even wiped out completely. I find that incredibly fascinating. As a viewer, it would be a challenge because people love to hold on to the history and and the nostalgia of everything they've, they've watched over the years. And the idea of saying... Possibly. Nope. That was all just a different timeline. None of it counted. It's kind of brave. It's kind of bold. And I like it. So I'm excited about the idea that everything you know is wrong. And we're in a place where everything could be completely different. And I think that's really cool.
1: I I, I think there's definitely going to be some fans out there who... Uh, it's going to make their head explode. <laughs> I, I, I'm open to them just depending on what they want to do with it. I mean, it, it's an interesting situation because when you look at something like Discovery, when they jumped 900 years into the future, to in, in order from a writing standpoint to remove themselves from – issues with continuality with canon with the timeline or whatever like the, let's be honest that's why discovery did that but when we're looking at the card we're at a, a spot in the universe where we don't have to do that you have a history but you can build your own future that you don't have to worry about the history that really came before it and so like, with what they're doing with messing with the timeline, I mean, it, it it's something where they could impact things that they want to change about the history of these characters. Um, but I do think ultimately, by the end of season two, they will have fixed things. So it's almost the way it started. It might not be exactly the way it started. But it will be close. And similar because they're in a position where they don't really have to worry about canon as much as like season one and season two of Discovery did. They can build their own canon as they go forward so they can use this scenario to tweak things that they want to change. But it'll ultimately be back at a starting point where things will be similar to the way it started. Might not be exact, but it'll be close. I think. Or
0: or maybe it won't.
1: Oh, stop causing trouble, David. (laughs) Never! (laughs) If Uh, you have issues with David's comments, feel free to tweet at him at CallMeDJM. He will take them on himself.
0: (laughs) I certainly will. You know me. I I love a good banter. And and I like to poke the bear a little bit every now and then. It's gotten me in trouble, but hey, what are you going to do? But moving on... Star Trek Prodigy. We have a cast. We have a cast. We have characters, and we know who they are, uh, including uh, the the talents of veteran voice actors uh, D. Bradley Baker, uh, Brett Gray, uh, Riley Alzraki, who, fun fact, is the daughter of Carlos Alzraki of Reno Nine One One and Rocco's Modern Life fame, uh, Ella Purnell, Jason Manzukis. And Angus Emery, who will be joining uh, Kate Mulgrew on Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, so far, we have quite a few different aliens. Uh, that's the thing, is that they're all playing different aliens. We've got a Bracar. We have a species that we don't know yet. Uh, we have a Medusan. And we have a Tellarite, a Tellarite in a regular Star Trek series. And we have a couple of new interesting aliens that we really haven't seen in Star Trek before. And new aliens in Star Trek is always cool. New species, new, uh, new life, new civilizations. What a concept. Uh, this is really cool. This is really, really cool.
1: Yeah, no, it, it is incredible. I was really excited to see um, the cast of voice actors being round out. I'm glad that the majority of them are actually teenagers, uh, which is fitting for a kid's show. But, you know, sometimes they end up <laughs> staffing a kid's show with all adults. So I'm glad, like, out, out of, like, the, the main cast members, most of them, with the exception of... Uh, D. Bradley Baker and Jason Mazoukis are teenagers, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it was interesting when they're describing these characters because when we first saw the images of them, um, a lot of them, like it, it wasn't quite obvious whether they were male or female or what their gender was. And I think a lot of people guessed wrong <laughs> on some of them because <laughs> I know the one. Uh, which they thought was a a purple rebel chick is actually uh, Brent Gray's character doll. So I'm guessing he is a more masculine character. And then the one which they thought was Heather, an angsty.
0: Do me a favor. Can you describe a purple rebel chick for me?
1: <laughs> uh, the one with the mohawk.
0: <laughs> well, yes, yes, but but uh, purple rebel chick. That is that is just a, a great descriptor. I love it.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> you miss the angsty, broody um, uh, emo character which most people thought was a guy is Gwyn, uh, who is voiced by Ella Purnell, who is a woman. So I, I kind of love that <laughs> that you basically really couldn't tell um, whether a lot of these characters were male or female because they're so alien. And uh, it's going to make for a really good show. Like I said, we have a lot of younger actors in the cast, which is good for a kid's show. But then you have the legend D. Bradley Baker, as well as Jason Matsoukas, who is hilarious, which is just going to bring the comedy to another level. And I'm so excited for every single one of these characters. And I can't wait to see Prodigy now. I'm really hyped.
0: Awesome, Heather. Awesome. The more I see from Star Trek Prodigy, the more I feel like this is going to be really cool if I'm a parent who loves Star Trek and just something to introduce the Star Trek franchise to a kid to. I just keep saying that to myself. Like, This is so cool. And I I said a couple of days ago uh, online that I feel like this is just so brilliant just the framework of star trek prodigy is just brilliant that here we have this cast of young aliens who are all really not associated with star trek at all and now they have this emergency training program that is portrayed by a legendary Star Trek character uh, in Captain Janeway and Kate Mulgrew, who is really being a guide for them. And in so many ways that this is going to be sort of a, a guide into, a, a gateway into Star Trek for a lot of people, a lot of younger people. And I just think that's really, really exciting and... I, I love the framework of Star Trek Prodigy. I'm I'm really excited for for how it turns out. I, I I hope it does well. I really, really do. I hope that kids really enjoy it. That that's what I hope. Because I got into Star Trek when I was a kid through my parents. And if if that feeling is something that translates currently and that that's just gonna be amazing they're they're gonna have Trekkies again for the next 30 years and isn't that really what we all want more Star Trek to just endure and to continue on
1: absolutely I I mean that should ultimately be the main goal of any large franchise like Star Trek is to grow your fan base because if not your older fans are just going to <laughs> eventually, die out (laughs) I hate to sound like such a pessimist by saying that but your fan base will die out and dry up and you you ultimately you want to connect with the younger generation because that's the way that we can grow we can continue to have more Star Trek for another 55 years
0: and then That's what we all want, just more of the franchise that makes us proud to be fans, right?
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: So, moving on to upcoming business. Uh, News came out from TrekMovie.com that the Star Trek Voyager documentary, To the Journey, has started in-studio production. This was on TrekMovie.com, and they're doing in-studio interviews, it looks like. and We see uh, Martha Hackett, who played Seska, and we see David Livingston, and it looks like they're interviewing various members of the cast and crew and writers and production staff. Uh, Heather, this is really cool. Oh, that's right, and Mary Chifo was on this as well. They got Mary Chifo. Uh, So I had one little issue with this story that I saw, and it might have just been the photos, but I, I have... One little issue about it. I might have to be bad again, Heather. But this this is looking really good so far. I like the set they're using for the interviews.
1: Okay, I'm gonna be bad and say I don't like the set they're using for the interviews. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I, I I just like I get what they're going for because it's set up like a holodeck but i don't like the whole holodeck black and yellow aesthetic um i i i feel like it it's a situation where it needs to just be like green screen instead so we can actually put them put something more behind them like i i i don't know (laughs) i don't like the set (laughs) I'm gonna say okay. Right now okay <laughs> um I, I mean, other than that, I'm really excited for the fact that they're doing interviews, I mean, especially with the situation uh with the pandemic and everything, they specifically made a decision to not do zoom interviews, do in person interviews, um which is going to make the documentary better, and they're really. Deep diving into not just people who were involved with the show, but people who are currently involved in Star Trek and uh, are just Star Trek fans in general. Um, So I'm excited about that part. But yeah, I had to be the person to be bad and say it. I I don't like the holodecks that they got going on there.
0: Well, I'm going to be even worse. I'm going to be even worse than that. Uh, Looking at these, scrolling through the photos... I'm going to say his name again, everybody. I'm going to say his name again. Looking at this, on the story on you'll see what looks like a panel-type interview with all of the chairs, and you'll see, on the far left, Kate Mulgrew, Garrett Kim, Jerry Ryan, Tim Russ, Roxanne Dawson, Ethan Phillips, and Robert Picardo. Now, I I imagine that Robbie McNeil is probably behind the camera directing all of this cuz that's what he's been doing. But yeah, I'm going to say his name one more time. Where is Robert Beltran in all of this? Now, with the DS9 documentary, what we what we left behind Avery Brooks had his interviews done ahead of time and in advance, and he he's kind of said that when it comes to DS Nine, he's kind of said and done all that needs to be said and done, which is fine and respectable, sure. Yeah, it would be it would be kind of it would be kind of silly to say that. Robert Beltran is not conspicuous with his absence. Like I couldn't help but notice that with all of this, Robert Beltran seems to be nowhere to be found. And, and the, I know that there has been a lot of conjecture about Robert Beltran over the years when it comes to Star Trek Voyager. There, there's been a lot of things said and discussed sort of behind closed doors and in various internet forums and and rumor mills. Truthfully, I don't know a lot of it in detail and I don't pay much attention, but I can't help but notice that Robert Beltran is missing and it just feels weird.
1: Okay, can I point out something about that? The group footage that they have there was shot during... Uh, the Star Trek cruise last year, okay, which happened okay. right before the pandemic, so there might have been something that prevented Beltran from going on the cruise. Okay. I would be extremely surprised if he wasn't involved in the documentary at all, because I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I know they said in the article that there's still plans for them to shoot more group footage with the cast at Destination Star Trek, which is coming up in London in November of this year, I think. Uh, so if Beltran's going to be a part of Destination Star Trek, then he could be involved in some of the group interviews there. Um so I, I wouldn't completely sell them out on the fact just because you didn't see Beltran in those pictures because I'm guessing he just wasn't on the cruise.
0: Okay. All right. so Totally fair. Absolutely fair enough. I will I will back off on that one and I will still say that I would probably write him in somewhere in Star Trek Picard j- just for the lulls. <laughs> I would not put him with seven. Let me make that clear. I would not put him with seven. I would not put him with seven.
1: David just doesn't want him. Wants to make sure I'm not going to come after him.
0: But I would definitely tease it.
1: <laughs> Did
0: I, just, just, just because th- that reaction from Heather right there—that that is <laughs> one of so many other Trekkies. Like, we all know that. We know. We know. With Seven of Nine and Rafi and Picard, and there was just that little part of me inside my head that was just like, while Seven and Rafi are great, wouldn't it be really funny just to kind of tease people with having Chicote show up? Just for a no. minute. Just for a minute. No. It would not be funny! <laughs> it would be hilarious. No! Okay, so while I'm looking for a new podcast partner, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because Heather will want nothing to do with me after that, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. Uh, we gave you some Trek news. We got you caught up. Uh, Heather, uh right before you you quit and never speak to me again uh let everybody know what you got going on and where they can find you
1: uh well you can find me on twitter at nerdygal 33 um i don't have that much going on there's no svu to talk about um so i'm just excited waiting for more star trek Uh, You and I actually recorded an episode of Trek Ranks, which probably won't be out for another two weeks. It'll be out the next time we record an episode. But shout out to Jim Morehouse. Um, I love him so much. He is the guy that gave me my first opportunity to guest on a podcast. And I love coming on Trek Ranks. And I'm really excited about the episode that you and I recorded because it was so much fun. It was a great discussion. Check out Trek Ranks and look out for our episode coming soon.
0: Yes, I behaved myself, everybody. I promise. (laughs) Uh, I also behaved myself on Confer Culture. Shout out to Chris Murphy for inviting me on as we ranked every Star Trek film uh, that is out. Uh, The podcast is called Confer Culture. We ranked every Star Trek movie. I've watched them all, finally. And yeah, it was fun. I might have some interesting rankings, especially for, for the older generation. You might not <laughs> like some of my takes on some of the older movies, but hey, that's what we're all about. We're having conversations. It's a podcast, right? Uh, but Chris and I... Uh, Chris and I, a lot of our opinions matched up, so it was it was a fun time. So everybody, check out Confer Culture, uh, where we talked about the Star Trek films. And thank you all for listening. You can check out the Promenade Merchants podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe, please, please, really appreciate it. Thank you. And until next time, walk with the prosper and live long in profits.